be sure to turn your mic off because I was going to sing. <laughs> I didn't want to sing any solo, so I know you wouldn't want to hear that. <laughs> now, we're not going to, uh, I just want to start tonight here. Um, in Hebrews chapter 13, it says, Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain, to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. I got goosebumps reading that. <laughs> I do. I said, Isn't that amazing? You know, you, you read that and you go, well, yeah, yeah. It's the truth. It's more true than anything you can possibly imagine. And let's go to the book of Judges. And uh, we're going to look at Brother Gideon here tonight. And uh, I want to uh, look at this. Because, you know, Gideon was a person just like us. He really is. Because we're going to see some stuff here. He says some things that I myself have thought then uh, through my life. About, you know, I remember even when I was uh, a little kid in their, you know, color. And then I remember uh, they it had those cups and it would show uh, David's cup being overflowing with, you know, gold coins. And I was thinking, man, and I was little back in, you know, coming from a family of nine kids. I mean, we barely had enough to eat. And I was thinking, boy, I wish God still was like that. Of course, I was ignorant. Because God still is like that. God says in the book of Hebrews, he says, I am the same today, tomorrow, and forever. No, that's in James, I think it is. And it, he doesn't change. There is not a shadow, not even a shadow uh, of changing with the, with the Lord. He does not change. So as we look at this, I don't want you thinking about, yeah, that's history. No, no, no. it's the truth. And, you, and it's something, God did not give this to us as a history lesson. We don't come in God's house to learn about something that happened a long time ago just for the sake of learning. We come in God's house to be encouraged and to be taught what our Heavenly Father is, what He has done, because we can learn for what He will do for us. Now, the thing about this is in Judges chapter 6, uh, it's... it's looked at as the fourth apostasy. Now, God's people have been taken out of Egypt, got mightily with the hand of God, brought into the promised land, given victory over all of those nations. I think it was seven great nations. And God ran them all off. Well, the children of Israel didn't do what God told them. God wanted them to run them all off, and they didn't, to their, to their hurt. But nevertheless, God gave them victory over all of them and established them. Powerful nation. The most, they, were, they at one time was the strongest nation on earth. They were. They were Israel was a superpower. Now, and I want you to think about what's going on in our country right now as we, as we look through this lesson. My friend, we are on a downward spiral. If God does not intervene, this is going to be us very soon. Um, you know, I, I was thinking as I was reading this and how God's people there in Europe, you know, the, the, uh, I believe the Baptists were referred to, uh, I think the name of it was ghouls. They're, that was uh, the, the church in France and was heavily persecuted in France, murdered, and, and the the, the the criminals would be let out of jail and told, you can go out there to those people out there, and it was God's people, and say, you can kill them or whatever you want to. You can, if you kill them, you can have their lands. And that kind of stuff that was going on in Europe. And God's people cried out, and God answered, and he gave us this country. He brought us over here. He drove out the pagans. They weren't Native Americans. They were pagans. They were bit, and the people that killed the most Indians, you know who it was killed the most Indians? Indians. They were busily killing each other and worshiping uh, everything under the sun and, and so on. And, and so God brought his people over here and gave this country to us. 
gave this continent to us. And he told us, I've given you my word, and I've given you this. You need to listen, and you need to learn. Well, let's look at chapter 6 of Judges, verse 6. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Now, these people have been living in caves, everything they could find to, to get away from the Midianites. They weren't living in decent housing anymore. They were living like savages. And, and, and the Midianites would, would let them get their crops and stuff out, and then they would come in and take a all over and over and over again. And, and, and it said they were like grasshoppers, the Midianites were. There were so many of them, huge. And it came to pass, verse 7, that when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drave them out from, from before you and gave you this land, gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Boy, does that sound familiar? I mean, it's astonishing how fast God's people have gone from being, I mean, it wasn't that long ago you had people running as Christian candidates for president. Unfortunately, they didn't get elected, but they were not afraid to do that. Today, you know, the media is so savaged about Christianity, and they get by with it, and so emboldened, they act like it's some kind of radical idiot that says he's a Christian. Well, I can assure you, those folks are going to learn a very hard lesson one day. I hope we as God's people will learn from this. Now, because, look, they have cried unto the Lord, and God sent his prophet. Now, it's not an accident that we have his word. God, you know what God's going to tell us when we get to heaven? And I don't know how the, 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 the Bema seat's going to be. I don't. The Bema seat is where God gives out the rewards to God's people. Now, some people are not going to get any rewards. The Bible says that Christians will come before the Bema seat upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, saved. And they will have built works of wood, hay, and stubble, carnality, gold, silver, and precious stones. And that, of course, would be spiritual works. That will be the works that you will be able to get rewards for. And, and, but it says, our works shall be tried as by fire. And it says there are going to be some people that all their works are going to be just consumed. And the Bible says, there in, and it's in 1 Corinthians, that uh, they shall be saved as by fire. But they're not going to get any reward. None. Zero. Now, and you know what the Lord's going to say? You know, I don't know. I, I can just imagine what kind of excuses is going to be going on there. And God's going to say, I wrote it all down. All you had to do, just read it. Every bit. All you had to do, just read it and believe it. Now, I, you saw what I read over there in Hebrews. Entertain strangers and, and, and entertain angels unawares. And look at here in verse 11. And then, and there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak. You ever thought about an angel just come, just sat down underneath an oak tree? Now, that wasn't somebody sitting over with big old wings on and all that kind of stuff. No, that was a person was sitting there underneath that oak tree. And, you know, I can... I, I, I don't know. I, I can imagine if I, if, if I was to walk up there, if he'd look up and he'd go, he'd go how you doing? You know, and I'd probably say, fine. Not even realizing this is the angel of the Lord. 
And here he is. Now, this is how God responded. He sent an angel. Now, I know and we're going to read some things here. Uh, and uh, it, and God does not re- deal with us uh, in, in, the, in the same way. See, Gideon didn't have this in his hand. This is the most valuable thing you could possibly have in your hand. It is beyond belief. It is perfect, and it is encouraging. It will enlighten you, and it will tell you what to do. And you know the thing is, is I can tell you that the, the surest route to find consolation, comfort, security, and encouragement is to absolutely get dead serious about getting sin out of your life. I mean, serious. Don't play games with God. Don't think you can because it doesn't work. That's the most ignorant thing you can possibly do. In other words, if you think you can come to church a couple, two or three times a week and go say what you want to say, do what you want to do, and everything's going to be all right. No, it's not. God has an expectation of his children, and it is a walk and a desire to please him. Now, our Heavenly Father is not out to hurt us. In in the book of Psalms, it says he has remembered us and that that our frame is but dust. Now, that's not an excuse, but what it is is a reason. Because as soon as you set out to try to get sin out of your life, you're going to fail. But you've got to know what you're dealing with. You're dealing with something that's weak, and it's, 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 it does not yield itself to a faithful walk easily. You have to have a knowledge of God's Word, you have to have a prayer life, and you have to have a determination. And set out on it. And God will hear you. He'll hear you. He heard these folks. He heard these folks, and he sent this angel down there underneath this tree. And I, let's read here. I, I want you to see some of these things here. It's interesting. And, uh, and, 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 and <clears throat> he said under this oak tree, it was in Oprah, and it pertained unto Joash, the Aberite, and his son Gideon, threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Now, here's Gideon down there kind of in a seat. I, you know, I, I've been to India a couple of times, and I was surprised. We were driving down a road. It was a four-lane road, but it was divided. And I looked over on the other side, and they were using that road. They were out there. They had shovels, big scoop shovels, and they were throwing wheat up in the air, just like these folks. See, they were letting the wind carry the chaff away. They were throwing their wheat up, and I said, Abby, look at that. And, uh, and so that's what Gideon's doing. He's down there threshing wheat. Don't end up letting the wind try to carry the, carry. But the problem is he's down there trying to hide. Or, uh, you know, it's kind of an oxymoron type situation here. You, you got to have wind to get this wheat, you know, threshed correctly, but he's down there hiding. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto me and said, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, Oh, my Lord. Now, listen to this. Because I guarantee you, I bet you every one of us have had these thoughts. And that's why I want you to see. I want you to get, um, I want you to feel like this is you. Put yourself right here. Because you've said these very same things. You've had these very same thoughts. And Gideon said unto him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told of us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Now, Gideon's not being exactly forthright with the Lord here. We just saw what the problem was. It wasn't with God. God didn't stop. God didn't stop being what God is. These folks stopped being what they were supposed to be. And see, that's what worries me about our country. You know, uh, my goodness. 
I remember, I, you know, we was in high school, you know, we, we had Christmas plays in elementary school. We had prayer before class started. And, and that's all gone. It's all gone. And uh, in our country, it's, it's, it's gone. But my friend, God does not say that if all the people in this country straighten out, you know what it says over in Chronicles, if my people will pray and forsake their wickedness. And see, Gideon is sitting there, he's got the audacity to ask the Lord, where are all your miracles? And you just saw what God said. And he said, but now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Now he's accused God of a terrible act. The reason I say this, and I'm not trying to tear Gideon down in front of you here, but I want you to see that Gideon has got a big old dose of carnality all up in him. He's not being really honest here, you know? Because what the problem was is they were wicked. Well, look what the Lord said. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel. From the hand of the Midianites, have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Now, now here again, here's Gideon. Now, I want you to look at this. How many times? Maybe you're going for an interview. Maybe you're going to be evaluated by your boss for a raise. Maybe you got a business and you got to go ask a customer for an increase on a product. You don't want to get fired. Boy, I've been in those shoes many a times. And you know the best thing I ever said? Notwithstanding the fact what I talked about a while ago. You know, there's nothing like getting yourself out there. Like what God's trying to get Mr. Gideon to do. Get out there. Get yourself committed. And get out there with a sword in your hand. And it's you and it's the Lord. And get on with it. Not because you're greedy, but because you can depend upon the Lord to be there with you. Don't be one of these shrinking violets that just say, I don't want nothing. Now, you know, I'm not talking about trying to be some great big Rockefeller or anything. But the thing is, is many times some of these Rockefellers show more faith in God's people. I don't know if you ever looked at it. If you ever looked at what old Andrew Carnegie did, that guy had so much stuff. He had everything he owned invested in that steel process, and nobody believed in it. And it was just to buy a whisker that he got people to accept it, to accept steel. And, and, and so, you know, here's a carnal person showing more faith than sometimes in God's people, and that's a shame. Well, so here's the Lord. And see, Gideon is arguing with the Lord. He said, I, I can't do this. That's what he said. Basically, he said, I'm the least at my father's house. I can't do this. And, and, and the thing, you want you, I want you to look at this. He's still thinking that he's going to do it. Are we guilty of the same thing? That you're going to have to do it? You ever thought about the fact that your dad is God? He's not just a member of God's family. He is God. And there, you know what the Lord said? My hand is never shortened. Never shortened. That means he, there's not anything he can't do. The problem is we've got too much of Gideon in us. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee. Look at that. Truly, truly, truly I'll be with you. And thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Wow. And he said unto him. Now, I'm going to go through this because I want you to see how kind our Heavenly Father is. How patient he is. How tender he is with us. This is, yes, this is about Gideon, but I don't tell you, it's about you and it's about me. 
It's about our problems and our issues in our life. And listen how general God is with this man of God that's supposed to be a David. You know, I mean, look at David. He comes up here and here's one great big loud mouth out there popping off and the whole Israeli army was falling back and a I don't know what he's 14, 15 years old. He took all running after him, got his the rocks for his slingshot on the way. See, that's the kind of guy that God is wanting Gideon to be. But let's listen to Gideon here. And he said unto him, If I now have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Now, <clears throat> the thing Gideon did not have that you and I have. He did not have the Holy Spirit. He did, he did not have this written word. I mean, we've got the whole battle plan in our hand, and we're still sitting back here wondering, yeah, I wonder if God's going to bless me. <laughs> you know, you, you know how many times I wanted to take a tube of force to one of my customers? <laughs> a lot being cursed and being accused and abused and everything under the sun, but I didn't. And, uh, I, you know, because I knew God didn't want me to do it that way. I knew I had to patiently, one step at a time. But it's hard. But i tell you one thing he didn't want me to do. He didn't want me to quit. I want to read something to you that I, I got. A, it's a morning manner that Brother Stone sent about 10 years ago. And I want to read it to you. And this is, uh, this is, was about, a, it's a morning man about Gideon. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. said, The test of a man's character is what it takes to stop him. Every worthwhile test is going to encounter obstacles and difficulties. And you see, Gideon was wanting, I guess, a bolt of lightning to take care of the Midianites so they could go over and just get all the Midianite gold and wheat and everything and everything be easy. It, doesn't, it does not work that way. You see, faith works is you putting a foot in front of the other one and proving to God that you believe that he's going to be there with you. Until you start doing that, he ain't. Not good English, but it's the truth. And Brother Stone's right here. The test of somebody's character is what does it take to stop you? You know, there will always be excuses that can be made for quitting. There, you know, there will always be reasons why we have done enough and someone else should pick up the cause and run with it. There will always be fatigue from labor and a desire to stop and rest. There will always be those who could help, but choose to criticize instead. But if the cause is burning in our hearts, we will not stop. Sometimes we give up too easy, easily in pursuing opportunities which God has placed in our path. That's exactly right. Now you see, God puts these opportunities out there and if you don't have the faith to, to get out there and, and you know what I, I don't know how many times I've told God Lord they, they're just going to have to beat me up and throw me out the door I'm going in there I want this business and I want you to help me get it and to keep it and I didn't have a lot of the time I, I mean I started a company with $50 in 1965 I bought an old wore out truck you could see the ground through the floor no windows in the doors. That's the truth, my friend. They run about 35 miles an hour, going faster than that, throw the rods out the side of the engine. I, I, poured, I poured oil, you call it grease, but it was 90-weight oil. That's, it's grease for the transmission. And I put that in the motor because the rods were shaking so bad. Put that heavy oil in it and kept it. One step at a time. I had nothing, but I went. And God blessed. I had plenty of reasons to feel sorry for myself and to give up. A lot. It was cold. It was really cold when it rained. And no windows. But sometimes we give up too easily pursuing opportunities which God has placed in our past because we become weary in overcoming the obstacles. 
We should remember Gideon and his men who, even when they were faint, continued pursuing. The things that stops people is not an obstacle, but the lack and it has commitment, and that's right, but I'm going to put the word faith there. Faith. You need to tell God, Lord, when I die is when I'm going to stop. You're going to have to kill me, but I, I, my eyes is upon you, God. Father, I need you, and I'm going to depend on you to go with me. And you know what's going to happen as soon as you set up like that? Problems are going to raise their head. Because you know who's driving those problems? Satan. You know what he's done? He's got before God and said, all you got to do is do this and that, and he'll quit, or she'll quit. She's always has quit. Well, half the time, that guy's been sitting at the house. He, he doesn't even work. He's sitting there eating. You know, here he is, 25 years old, and he still ain't working. What do you think the angel of the Lord says to somebody like that? And he says unto him, If now I find grace in thy sight, then show me a sign. Now, you know, you would say, you remember what God said? Look, I brought you up out of Egypt. I drove all those wicked nations away. I gave you all this land and, and prospered you and built you up. You had David. And now here you are in wickedness. And so and he's, he's offering to help Gideon. Now, I want to tell you something. This is an open offering to each of us that he's willing to help us just like this. He hadn't stopped. Remember, he says, in, there is not a... Sh-. I'm going to read that. I'm going to go to James. Just, just, just hang right there in, uh, in Judges. I'm going to read that for you from James. Okay, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He doesn't change. He's, he, there is no, none, none variableness with God. He's exactly the same. You know, this is a wonderful promise. So Gideon asked him, okay, Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee and bring forth my present and set it before thee. And he said, I'll, I will tarry and I'll stay here. You go get what you want. And Gideon went in and made ready a kid, which is a goat, and unliving cakes, and an ephod of flour and the flesh. He put it in a basket and he put it in the broth and in a pot. And he brought it out unto him under the oak and presented it. Now this angel of the Lord still on that oak tree. And the angel of God said unto him, Take the flesh and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. And the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And there rose up fire up out of the rock that consumed the flesh and unleavened cakes. And then the angel of the Lord departed it out of his sight. You see what it is to be a child of the king? Man, I tell you what, that's awesome. That is awesome. Now, uh, he allowed Gideon to do this because see, Gideon didn't have God, the Holy Spirit, that indwelled him. We do. Gideon didn't have the written word of God. We do. The one thing we also have, we have flesh just like Gideon. But all you got to do is read this. You see what God wants. It's real clear to see what God wants. He wants children to step out and get out here and show that they trust him. He doesn't want his children to be like a bunch of wicked, whining, defeated, bunch of miserable, griping, where are all the miracles? I'm the weakest of my father's house. Yeah, 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 yeah. We ate at uh, uh, 
B Ranch the other day, and I saw a sign up. It says whining five dollars. <laughs> well, you know, that's what Gideon did. I'm the weakest in my father's house. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. And so you see, you know, it is so obvious what God wants. He wants His people to step out like strong soldiers of the cross and show that you love him, you, you believe in him, and you believe that he's your dad. He's your dad. He's not John Wise and Baker's. Yeah, he's mine, but he's yours as well. His hands never shortened. And, and when Gideon, verse 22, perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face, and the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. Okay, now, what we've seen here, and we're going to run way out of time, I don't know. Anybody have that case, though, that five-hour stuff I told you, Rain, go out there and get it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot longer <laughs> than I want it to be. But nevertheless, look, and we're going to get it. But... Uh, and so Gideon, you know, uh, look at verse 25. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock and even the second bullock of the seven years old and throw down the altar of Baal. And they went out and they cut all this stuff down and, 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 and cut down this, this wicked false god and the groves and all that kind of stuff and really made the people mad and so on and such and such. And... Uh, Verse 34, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and, and Abarzizer was gathered after him, and he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, and he gathered up all of these people going to go fight the Midianites. And I want you to see what your dad said. <clears throat> after Gideon got through with this fleece thing, y'all all know about that. Put the fleece out there and put be do on it one night and then the next night no do on it and of course God did exactly what Gideon has very kind and very patient in dealing with him and he's the same way with you and I he's not short and ugly with us it's the, the chapter 7 then Jeroboam who is Gideon and all the people that were with him now you have a piece of paper that proves that this actually happened there was a piece of pottery with his name on it. And they dug it up over there. Now, they want you and I to believe, oh, yeah, that's just a common name. No, it's not. It's, this is who it is. He rose up early and pitched the well of Herod so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Moran. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with thee, now listen to what he says, are too many. For me to give the Midianites into their hands. All right, now, he's gone from being the weakest of his father's house, and where are all the miracles and all this kind of stuff? Now, God's telling him, You got too much help. Too much help. Did you see? You don't have to have a big fat bank account, brand new truck, and brand new tools, and brand new car, and some big fancy title before you can say, All right, Lord, I think I'm going to go to work. Really? You got to start like this guy did. You got to go clear him out. He said, You got too much help. Anyway, he made him get rid of it. And so, uh, God cleared him out for him. And let's go to uh, chapter 7. And I want you to look at verse 16. And he divided the 300 men into three companies. And he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps with the pitchers. Now, you know, I really like this part of this whole deal. Do you realize he's not a trained warrior? And do you realize he doesn't have a sword in his hand? And he's going into war with pitchers and lights. Pitchers and lights. Are you a fool or what? You're going to go attack the Midian? I remember, they looked like grasshoppers. There were so many of them. And now they're going to, they run off most of their help. They got these 300 men. They're going in there with pitchers and lights. Look, 
look what, what you can learn from this. Don't let Satan tell you, I can't, I can't. That's not God's people. That's not words that God's people have. God's people said, I'm going, I'm going. And, 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 and Lord, my eyes are upon you. I want to win, and I'm, going to, I'm not going to quit until you kill me or until they kill me or until they run me off. But I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to do the best job I can. And God, I need you to help me to do that job. Well, that's what Gideon did here. He did exactly what God said. Verse 17, he said unto them, Look on me and do likewise, and behold, when I come to the outside of the cup, it shall be that I do, be that as I do, so shall you do. And when I blow with the trumpet, and all that are with me, then blow you the trumpets also on every side of all the camp, and say, the sword of the Lord, and I love this part, God, let him say, and of Gideon. Now, all of a sudden, he's the weakest in his father's house, and all of a sudden, it's the sword of the Lord and Gideon. Man, do you realize how fast this guy got promoted? Now, that shows you what your dad wants to do to you, for you. Now, these guys, their life was on at stake here. If, if they're wrong, they're going to get stamped into the ground, stomped. All right, verse 19. So Gideon and 300 men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch, and they that had but newly set to watch, and they blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hands, and the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow with them. And they cried the sword of the Lord and of Gideon, and they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the hosts ran and cried and fled. Now listen, and the 300 blew the trumpets, and the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow. Gideon doesn't have swords. These people are killing themselves. Do you ever think about did Gideon... Uh, because you know what I like about old Gideon? He, 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 he was wrong for a lot of this stuff. But God, God worked with him. And he never asked God, God, how are these guys going to die? I mean, a, a, a pitcher and a light and a trumpet? I don't know if that's a chemistry that's going to kill them. How's that going to work? They killed themselves. See, there's another story like this. Sennacherib came upon Israel. You know how many battles Sennacherib had lost when he surrounded Israel with a huge army? None. You know, there's another story like that. Happened in December the 7th, 1941. You know the last time the Japanese had lost a battle when they attacked Pearl Harbor? It was about 3,000 years ago. You know how many of they won after Pearl Harbor? None. None. Not a one. See, God's people. God's people. It means something to be a child of God. Are you willing to demonstrate it? You know, all God wants you to do is, get, is be faithful. I don't care if you just have a pitcher and a, and a, and a, and a trumpet. You think about it. A pitcher and a trumpet to, to go to battle? Lord, I, I, you know, I want to believe you, but, I mean, there's thousands of those guys, and they got thousands of swords, and we got none. Any wonder why God get blessed them? Because, see, this is that wonderful word. It's called faith. God wants to see genuine faith works in our everyday life. No, you are not an average person. Do you think this is average goings on? This had never happened. It had never happened since. God orchestrated this with bugles and lamps and, and pictures. But to demonstrate to us today that you're not weak. That's a lie of the devil. 
See, Gideon thought he was weak. Where's all those miracles? God sent the angel down and he how you doing? You ready? Here we go. Time to saddle up, hoss. We fix it. We fix it. Get with it. Boy, isn't that great? You know, that's what God wants us to do. Look at your life. Look at what God said in verse 21. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the host ran and fled. And the Lord said, Every man soared against his fellow, even throughout all the hosts, and the hosts fled, and on and on. And Gideon was given a wonderful, mighty victory, and on, and we don't run out of time here tonight. <clears throat> but he got weary. Some of his men had to rest, but most of them went with him, and they finished them off. God wants us to do the same thing for us. But, you know, I, I can tell you that it's hard. It's, it is hard sometimes because Satan loves to just grind you into powder. What you got to do is just say, Lord, I, I don't have any answers. Uh, I'm tired and I'm weary, but I'm not going to quit. See, Gideon and them, they got tired chasing these guys, but they kept on. And uh, and, and, and the bottom line is God gave them a wonderful victory. And, and, and uh, in, in verse 4 of chapter 8, and he said, And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over. He and the 300 men that were with him faint, yet pursuing them. Yet pursuing. They were faint. They were tired. But they didn't quit. Remember that... Uh, Deal I read from Brother Stone. You can always find a reason to quit. That's easy. And to gripe and to complain and to be filled with doubt. You know, and, and, and now listen, <clears throat> fear is a natural thing that we have as humans. We do. But that's okay because you have somebody you can go talk to about. It's God. And I want to read you something. I want to read you one thing from Hebrews, and we'll close. This is, this is a scripture that I've always have kept in the back of my mind for many years. This is so good. So Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Seeing then, we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. See, that's what Gideon did. He got tired, they got faint, but boy, they kept on. Said, we ain't quitting. And God gave him the great victory. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as like as we are, yet without sin. Do you realize there's not anything that you encounter that Jesus doesn't know about. Now listen to this last verse. This is an action direction to you and I. Let us therefore come boldly, boldly. You know what that means? You don't have to be introduced. You just open the door. Dad, I need some help. Just like that. Come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain. Oh, man, look at this. Mercy. I cannot tell you how huge that that word mercy is sitting there. You know why? Because God's not going to give us what we deserve. He's going to say, Come on in, daughter. Come on in, son. What do you got? Let me hear it. And find grace to help in time of need. I, you know, see, there it is. There it is. There is the door you go through. 
That's how you do. But please, don't be like Gideon was, sitting down there talking about, oh, poor me, poor me, poor me. I'm the weakest of my fathers, and where's all those miracles? And yeah, 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 whining, 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 whining. You know, that, 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 that's, a, that, that's a most miserable bunch of baloney. You need to wake up in the morning. I'm getting after it. Now, you know, I'm 75 years old, and this old body and mine and Diane's both, it's, it's about wore out. If I was a tire, that would have a boot in it. Y'all, most of you kids probably don't know what a boot is, but when we were growing up, when the tire wore all the way down with a hole in it, They'd break it down and put a piece of another piece of rubber inside of it, and you keep on going down the road. And you could hear that boot bump, 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 going down the road. And you learn how to hear that boot when it's time to we 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 better get another used tire because this thing's fixing to blow out. But the thing is, is uh, you know what I found out? Don't hide out of fear. In doubt, I, I, uh, I've seen too much of being deprived that that causes. You don't have to do that. Now I'm gonna tell you. Don't you quit your job and go look for some kind of comfortable union things where you can just, the union's going to take care of me. Well, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. I would rather have Jehovah's on my side. Because you know what? His arm is never shortened. And there's no telling how many millionaires I'm sitting there looking at right now. All you got to do is just go get it. That's right. All you got to do is just go get it. Just get after it. Get after it. And don't let up. Don't let up. Now, the thing is, is I can assure you, God, now I'm not saying you're going to be millionaires necessarily, but I'm telling you one thing. They weren't worried about the millionaires after Gideon got through with them because he was a faithful soldier of the cross. And there is nothing... There is nothing that can withstand that kind of power. Now, if you think Satan's not going to fight you, you're wrong. He's going to fight you. You're going to find a lot of gripers and complainers and doubters and all that kind of stuff. Just, just keep on going. And you know what? It, it, God, you'll see God bless you. You'll see it. You'll see it, and you'll know it. And you know what? You'll say, I want some more of this. Don't let Satan grind you down in the way Gideon and, and God's people were. Don't let that happen to you. Get up in the morning and say, I, this is going to be a change me. I'm going to go talk to my Heavenly Father, and I'm going to take a direction that I hope he, that he gives me. Now, if I make a mistake, he'll correct me. But you know what? I'm through standing still. If you've been standing still, shame on you. Get after it. Just like that morning manna deal I read, Brother Stone. You can always find reasons to quit. But I can give you one great big reason why you shouldn't quit, and it's Jehovah. That's your dad. That's your dad. It's time we as God's people start acting like it. And all this horrible stuff that's going on in our country, don't be caught dead in that mess. You make sure that you that if it comes your way, you let them know who you are and what you are. Now, you don't have to be ugly about it, but you're not going to be ashamed and you're not going to be afraid to let them know that Jehovah is your dad and Jesus is your Savior. And you know what? You need to tell them, I hope you would do the same thing because this is where joy and peace and blessings is and deliverance, and happiness, and goodness is. That's where it comes from. You know, over in James, that scripture I read, every good and perfect gift comes down from God. And look what he said. 
That same verse there in James chapter 1. There is no variableness with God. So what do you say? We have, we have Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father that knows every problem that you've ever had or ever will have. He said, we have a high priest that was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. So he understands. Quit carrying that burden like you got to carry it. Give it to Jesus. And ask him, open your eyes, give you direction and guidance. Because you know what? You're tired of being beaten by Satan. And you're not going to let it happen anymore. Okay, let's stand and have a word of prayer. God bless you guys. I appreciate you putting up with me, okay? I know I'm a bit unorthodox and stuff, but I can assure you this is the truth. This is the truth. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear God, we just thank you so very, very much, Father, for these wonderful words of life and direction and guidance that you've given us here from the book of Judges, from Hebrews, and from James. And Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit you've given us to guide us, to comfort us, and to teach us. And thank you so much for that, Father, because many times this whole flesh is weak, just like Gideon, dear God. We can... Sometimes we're tempted to do just like that and start griping and complaining. Forgive us for that. Forgive us for our complaining. Dear God, pull us straight towards you in faith. Help us to have faith walks for the rest of our life, Father, to cleave to you and to draw near to you, dear God, and cleanse us of our sins and fill us with your Spirit in faith, Father, that we may honor you in our walk on a day-to-day basis. In Jesus' name, amen.